I love Quidditch. Yes, the magical sport from Harry Potter. It's a real life sport played by people around the world, including me. I grew up on Harry Potter and have played real life Quidditch on and off since the age of 10. I'm making a podcast because, well, I'm kind of panicking. I'm questioning typical things about my life, like my major, where to live, or what to do now, but I also keep thinking about Quidditch. We have a new keeper in for UVM. UVM still in solid possession. As I face my own big life transition in the form of college graduation, I'll interview Quidditch friends of mine to learn about their lives and how Quidditch has fit in. Hopefully, it will help me figure out how it will exist in my life as I become a real adult. Growing up, finding my passion, working hard, catching snitches, shooting quaffles, dodging bludgers, it's all part of my life. Hey everyone, I'm Ian Skura, and welcome back to Questioning Quidditch. My guest this episode is a fellow keeper and film enthusiast, Luke Meisner. Luke just graduated from the University of Texas at Austin, where he was a part of the Quidditch program there, winning a national championship in 2019 at U.S. Quidditch Cup 12. Without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Yeah, I guess, well, before I move to talking about Quidditch a little more, what, what was the process like down for you at, at UT, um, like with uh, like school shutting down and everything? Like, did it all happen kind of quickly? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I remember um, I was at work one night, and it was just that one day that kind of like everything went to shit. It was like when like the NBA like postponed their season and like a bunch of stuff happened, and then like, at that point, there was kind of like rumblings, like what's oh, what's going to happen with the rest of the school year, and then it was like a week before spring break, or maybe like two weeks before, when they said that they were going to extend spring break by two weeks. Mm. Um, so just like everyone go home or like don't come to campus for two weeks, and then the day before spring break, like it was getting worse, and then so they're just like actually, actually our president, uh, our university president's wife, was tested positive for coronavirus on oh the Friday God. before break. Yeah, so essentially they just shut everything down like that morning or the night before or anything. And that was kind of it. So yeah, that was definitely like the defining moment. And like they decided, I think halfway through that two week spring break that they didn't want any students to come back. So yeah, this, this whole process has been kind of nuts. Um, and I'm, I'm glad we're prioritizing people's safety. Obviously it's just like, I, I don't know if anyone that's alive right now has really experienced anything like this. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> Let's uh let's dive in some questions and some questions I have for you are actually how did, so how did you end up uh, going to UT I guess yeah um so I guess when when I was in high school I kind of didn't really have like like insane career goals or anything like both of my parents like work in business and so I just we just kind of made an effort to look at really good business schools um and so it's kind of in between I had gotten into the University of Indiana or Indiana Bloomington and I was gonna go there and then UT's acceptance letter came really, really late and I took a tour of the school and I just really loved it. Um, and so that's kind of how that came to be. I was just looking for good business schools. And then when I got into UT, I was like, yeah, definitely. Gotcha. 
Um, and so I know now that you are, or at least I'm pretty sure you're studying acting. Um, w did you want to study that when you first got there or it sounds like maybe business or something else? Yeah. Like I actually am getting my degree in marketing. Um, but I, so I had like this inkling of like wanting to, to act for a really long time, like since junior or high school. But I, like I said, I just didn't really think about that as a career option. I just kind of like wanted to do what my parents did. And about like a year into UT, I realized that I didn't really want to do marketing as like my career as much. Um, this is like nothing against it, but I just kind of had like this calling to, to do acting and I really loved it. And so about like halfway through school, I started taking acting really, really seriously. Um, started acting in a bunch of student projects, a couple of short films in the like Austin film industry. And then did one feature film and it's kind of, I made like a commitment to myself the summer before senior year that I was going to do acting like as my career and I was still going to finish my degree and do like, um, digital remote digital marketing and stuff to support myself financially and stuff. Um, so this feature film, was that like in collaboration with students at the school that were doing film production or is that with like a, a film studio outside of, outside of your school? Yes, yeah, so that, that um, it's called the Bob Zula, and it was a independent filmmaker. His name is Brandon Reich, and he's just he, you know, he went to film school. He teaches a class at Austin Film Society, and he kind of just had this uh, feature film that he had wrote that's based on a short film he wrote ten years ago, and he was casting for it on Backstage, which is just a casting audition database, whatever. Okay. Um, and that's how I found it. So I auditioned for it and I ended up getting it through a couple of callbacks and screen tests and everything. And, and I had no idea what I was doing. Like it was a really, like it was a pretty scary experience, but I really loved it. And that kind of like solidified like my decision. Like I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Gotcha. What were, what were some of the big moments, learning moments for you in, in that experience? Was it just the whole process or were there kind of like specific shooting days um, that stick out to you? Yeah, th that's a really good question. I think um, the very first day was definitely like a big learning curve. I didn't feel super confident about how I was performing and I don't think Brandon did either. And we kind of just talked about it and then I kind of just got all the jitters out. And then after that, um, I was just trying to have fun with it. And I also was working with a lot of actors who had been trained, like they'd been going to Austin classes for a long time and I hadn't been been doing that and so I just kind of learned from them learn from just the constant experience of just being on set and like uh yeah it was just the whole thing it was also like a two-month shoot which is kind of unusual for like something like that because it was a no-budget feature meaning like no one was really getting paid and we were doing it like after 5 p.m on weekdays and during the weekends because everyone was either a student or had a full-time job okay um so it's just cool to see that kind of come together like everyone sacrificed so much and to make this to make this film happen and yeah i was just learning from everyone on that set like every day wow that's cool that that was a kind of independent production um i mean like i i definitely have i haven't been involved in anything that size but like i, I definitely know people who've, who've tried things like that and it's it's tough to get people together on top of school and work and everything you have going on to do something that Maybe you don't have really the money to pay people full time for what they're doing. Um, but that that's awesome that you kind of took that that leap and were able to do that though. Moving forward, then, uh, 
you said you're you're hoping to pursue uh, acting. Um, what what are some of your goals, I guess, uh, moving forward? Um, yeah. So basically, I've kind of like I've kind of just been working in the in the Austin market for a long time, past two three years. And given that I'm going to graduate with a degree in marketing, and I have the ability to su- support myself, I'm going to move to LA in August. Uh, all this crazy stuff, like depending obviously but yeah yeah, the goal is to to move to LA and to start acting out there and it's just a whole different animal out there so I might I might have to like start over like start doing a lot of student stuff and and everything which is totally fine um yeah I just know that all the opportunity is out there and I love Austin and it's got a pretty solid film industry but um I think that's the main goal is to get situated out there and I'm also looking for representation out there I have a Texas agent um, but the probably the most immediate goal is to to get a agent or a manager out there and just work, just like go to sign up for classes as soon as I can, get get on a set, just kind of just throw myself in the deep end a little bit. Yeah. Do you do you have any any friends or family or anyone out there um, in LA, or is this kind of just like a a big leap? Yeah, yeah. the The good thing is I I do have a lot of friends out there. I joined a uh, cinematic arts society like it's like a professional film group at ut um and so i know a bunch of people who graduated from ut and now live out there and work in the entertainment industry i also spent a summer in la of 2018 and i interned at a talent management company so i kind of i i definitely have a good lay of the land and i've got a lot of connections out there which is good because that's what the business is is just who you know so yeah, I, I do have that advantage, but it's still going to be definitely a leap and a lot of scary things, but I'm excited. Yeah, no, that's, that's really awesome. I know I'm kind of struggling right now with like, I mean, figuring out exactly what part of the industry I want to go into. I, I mean, I'm more on kind mm-hmm. of like the actual like videography end of it. So looking to kind of make mm-hmm. these films or, um, so I'm not sure what I want to do, but LA is definitely, it's, it's a big leap. And I think it's, if you're willing to do it yeah. and go for it, I'm super impressed. And that's, that's great for you. I, I really hope it works out. And I, it seems like it will. It seems like you're already finding Thank you. um, good opportunities, but yeah, that's, that's really cool. I guess then Thank transitioning you. from acting a little, obviously you have this, this passion of, uh, that you're following going out to LA, um, and then you've also been playing Quidditch for a lot of your time at UT, uh, I'm pretty sure. So do you think there are any commonalities between mm-hmm. you, the way you approach uh, the sport of Quidditch and um, your, your passion for acting? And that's kind of a weird question, but. Wow, I love that question. No, <laughs> that's that's an awesome question. Um, yeah, I, I think, I guess, um, like maybe like one similarity is just, um, I guess how passionate I am about kind of like an offbeat thing, um, how acting is kind of not really a, a practical career choice and everything. And then how Quidditch is just an impractical sport choice, <laughs> I guess. Um, but it's interesting. So I was talking about this with someone the other day. I approach Quidditch a little bit differently than acting because in Quidditch, like I like try like really, really hard to just kind of like be as good as I can be and like be the best and like help Texas win and stuff. But then with acting, I find it a much more of like, I just want to make like good art and like, I just want to be in good opportunities to meet 
like to be in a collaborative art form setting and I have no desire to be the best actor or whatever or like win things it's just like I want to make good things and I guess maybe that's a little bit different and it's just kind of like the competitive aspect of sports in general but it's weird how passionate I am about Quidditch and acting um but yeah uh, I think there are similarities for sure well hearing you just kind of talk I mean I totally understand kind of the the approach you're saying where obviously you're trying to be as good as you can be in Quidditch and um, maybe in acting it's more about fulfilling mm. the role that you have but I guess like especially in a like a Quidditch program where you have all these pieces around you yeah you're trying to be the best you can be but also you're kind of fitting within your role um, of the team and so are your teammates to kind of help function together so I feel like in some ways there is that that collaboration that you need to have in order to to make the team better and not just the one individual so yeah for sure and that and like and Quidditch is such an insanely collaborative and team sport that I just that's like one of my favorite things about it that like it's it just there's no role that like isn't important and like that's it's just such a fun it's just such a I don't need to tell you that <laughs> it's a fun sport but yeah um so I I've asked kind of everyone I've interviewed so far this question and even though it's a little cliche in the Quidditch world it is still kind of interesting um how how did you start playing mm -hmm. Quidditch yeah um that so I had I was not like the biggest Harry Potter fan of all time every time I tell someone that they like gasp but like I just knew what it was and like I had read like a couple books and I knew what Texas Quidditch was more than anything for some reason I don't know like I went I went to Texas and people were telling me like, Oh, have you heard of Texas Quidditch? Like they've won like a national championship. I'm like, what? <laughs> In what sport? <laughs> um, and so like, I kind of like, I was like, I didn't know this was like a school by school thing. And I saw them at an organization fair, like they were just tabling. I just, I just kind of asked them about it. Like what's it all about? And they kind of gave me the rundown. I don't know who it was, but, um, and basically they, I just put down my email and then they emailed me about tryout times and I decided to go and I, yeah, it just hasn't, it's just been an amazing journey since. So just as someone who's like, I've, I feel like I've heard of UT Quidditch partly because of all those national championships um, at kind of a pivotal moment, I think in the sport of Quidditch's growth too. And obviously mm -hmm. the recent championships too. So what, what are the, what are the tryouts like, I guess, for you guys? Yeah, so mine was pretty insane. It was probably the highest attended one I've seen since my time at UT. We had probably like 110 people show up or something. And basically, kind of like the way they format it is like they have six stations. Tryouts, I think, are two hours. And so like for the next two hours, you're kind of going from each station and you're learning what to do and like learning some rules and then doing it. So like there's one station where it's just like two chasers running down the pitch, passing it back and forth, and then one of them shoots. And then there's another station where it's just someone runs across, one of the coaches run across, and you try and hit them with a bludger or something. And then they just kind of like, they want to make you understand that like nobody knows how to play when they come to trials. <laughs> yeah. And they just want to teach you and, and, and just help you figure it out and everything. Like, yeah, so I... I that's just kind of the way. And then like the second half of the tryout is like, they do like a scrimmage and with like a mix of like returning players and, and new players and stuff like that. So 
And for you, did you kind of always gravitate more towards the Quaffle game? Have you, or did you try beating? Yeah. Um, so at tryouts, my first one, I was so into beating. Like, I really, really liked it. And then they were like, okay, line up for scrimmages. Beaters over here, uh, keepers and chasers over here. And I was in the beater line, and I was going to do it. And I was like, at the last second, I was like, wait. I kind of want to score. <laughs> so <laughs> I went over to the Quaffle uh, line and I just did that instead. But I don't know what would have happened if I would have beat in that scrimmage. <laughs> but um, yeah, I ended up doing doing Quaffle, uh, being a Quaffle player. And I never really tried it after that, like playing for Texas. Like we didn't really have a need for more male beaters. Ever. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I just kind of stuck with it. That's cool. Yeah, I mean... I definitely relate to the scoring being appealing. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I thought beating was always really interesting. I don't think when I first joined, I realized how much strategy is involved in beating and how... I think I yeah. overlooked the role, honestly. I was like, yeah, I can get beat by the yeah. other team's beaters, and but, like, I can just run around them or, like, block the ball or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was just ignorant. It's just a dodgeball. <laughs> I can just run around. <laughs> um, but then very quickly discovered that that was not the case. And I've I've tried it since. It's really fun. I appreciate, though, that I think I have much more of a, of a keeper-chaser mindset than I do beater mindset. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, beating beating is definitely the hardest thing. And it's so – it's. I've been very lucky that I've, that I've been surrounded by good beaters and – yeah, they beating is insanely hard. I don't think I don't think I could do it. <laughs> yeah. It's also funny too. I mean, I feel like a lot of the people in this sport on top of just being like really kind and uh open people are also pretty humble. So like for example, when I interviewed Kylie, it's just like it's hard to really get her to explain like how challenging it probably is for the rest of us to try and do what she does. Um yeah. She just just like yep. covers space <laughs> so well. Kylie, is, Kylie especially, Kylie especially. <laughs> like, um, yeah. There's no way you're gonna get her to compliment herself ever. Yeah. Um, but she's incredible, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Cool. So I guess going with keeper, was there any kind of players, or I guess like coaching um, from your teammates or uh, coaches that you've had that really inspired you in in the style that you have uh, as a keeper? Yeah, for sure. There's been so many influences. Um, I think a couple people definitely stick out. Cullen Friday um, was a keeper for us for um, mm-hmm. all the way through my junior year. Um, so he was always keeper one for the years I played. I didn't play junior year because I got I tore my ACL in like the first tournament that year. But I was there since freshman year. He's always been there, and like he's always been like definitely a big influence. Such a great player, and then. Also, uh, Simone, Simone Aarons, he was our coach for all of my years besides this past year. And he mm-hmm. definitely like, he's just kind of like a Quidditch wild card. Like you can put him pretty much anywhere. And so yeah. like, he was just so like, I could just like ask him any question, like whether it be as like a keeper or keeper or like on offense, whatever, like he just, he's just a student of the game. And so I learned a lot from him. And then also just, you know, we got to play a lot with, with Cavs, so I learned a lot from Augie, of course. Like, I'm really close with him. And mm-hmm. always my other players as well, John Anderson, Michael Johnston, just other keepers. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely relate. In some ways, 
in some ways I've actually watched enough of, because there's just like so much film of him and stuff. I, and I've met Augie now, um, once I like also sort of like watch his games and try and see what he does, how, like when he shoots and stuff. I don't know. There's just, there's, there's yeah. a lot to learn from. Yeah. Keepers in your area in specific. Um, but yeah. And I also, I actually got to play with MJ for a summer, which was super fun. Yeah. Um, I, I keep seeing you comment oh, yeah. in the All Campus <laughs> Cup uh, about how he needs to be picked. I, I totally agree. But yeah, I, I haven't played I, with him in a long time. I love but that man. He, he's super funny, great teammate, and also so underrated. <laughs> he's very underrated. And I always forget, like, I think everyone kind of forgets that he plays for Knight Riders for a summer. But he, like, he's just been in the game for so long. He's so good. And, like, I said it in my comment, but, like, I'll say it again, like, he's a keeper like and he's a good keeper and he was the other keeper in the championship this past year but he is only playing chaser because me john or spencer just aren't athletic enough to play chaser so michael has to do it but um <laughs> yeah he's he's great i hope he gets picked up i also feel like he has i can't really describe what it is that's different but his play style like offers something very different from i feel like most most other chasers or keepers like I don't know. I don't know if it's just like the mm-hmm. way that he he kind of moves and interprets what's happening. But I always felt like when I played with him on riders that he he was just able to read a game in a slightly different way that was super valuable to have as like another another option or your first option to like mix things up. Yeah, a hundred percent. So you said you got. You, did you say you tore your ACL junior year? Uh, sophomore year. Sophomore. Yeah, sorry. Year. Uh, junior year yeah that wouldn't have happened um yeah sophomore year um I tore my ACL at the Brooms on the Brazos tournament it was our first official tournament literally our first game literally the first play um I just there was a loose ball and someone dove into the side of my knee and I thought I was done with Quidditch at that point like uh, like not like I knew like an injury might happen but it was just like the financial responsibility of getting hurt again because like that one kind of sucked but yeah. I don't know. It's just, I've tried to quit Quidditch a couple of times and just, it's so hard. I, I just really love it. And I just keep coming back. But, um, and also we lost in the championship that year and like, I was there like supporting them and everything. And like, I think that was another big driving force for me to come back. You said like, you've kind of gone through the process of maybe trying to leave Quidditch a few times. Um, and then you had that big injury. So was did you approach kind of training to come back differently in any way to kind of help you sustain and uh, maybe prevent anything else or hopefully prevent more from happening or like what was that process like of, of coming back yeah it was pretty scary i because the injury was kind of like it was very like contact based so it was like i was kind of scared to get hit again for a really long time and so that was kind of like it was the main thing was like the psychological factor of like I'm not going to drive in as much. Like I'm just not the same player that I used to be. And so I think that took a long time to kind of like get back to normal. And also like I wore like this big knee brace on my right knee for a long time that I didn't really need, but it just gave me that like psychological protection or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it was just, I did like PT at the university of Texas um, and just like their sports medicine department is like a really good option. They got a good program and, I had surgery like a month after the injury happened. And then I was in PT for a really long time. And then I was able to come back September. 
So like right around tryouts. But yeah, I mean, I've only recently became really confident in my knee health and that's just because I've been back on like the stretching and like yoga and stuff like that. But yeah, it's definitely tough. I feel like any injury, even like small ones, it, it feels like you hurt it and then it's hard to not just like keep irritating it every time you, you go back out and are active again, especially yeah. in a sport like or a contact sport um, like Quidditch. So yeah, having having a major injury like that, that's definitely. I feel like that must have been tough to come back from. I mean, you physically and mentally, like you were saying. So I mean, assuming then that you want to continue playing Quidditch in some capacity, uh, do you have some goals moving forward for yourself for Quidditch? Yeah, um, definitely. I was looking forward to playing MLQ for the first time this summer, um, but it just got canceled, which is definitely the right decision. So I'm, I'm happy that they were able to make that call. Um, but it is kind of a bummer because I wanted to try MLQ because all my teammates have loved it so much. And I tried out for the Austin Outlaws, so would have found out about that. Um, and then other than that, I'm planning to play club this year in LA um, as much as I can. Acting is a very unpredictable profession. So like if I have an audition or something on like a tournament day, like It'll be very fluid and I won't be as committed for sure as I was in college, but I really love playing and my ultimate goal is to be on Team USA at least once. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's definitely my goal right now, but I just want to keep playing for now. I definitely miss it and especially this season getting cut short just makes me miss it a little bit more. Yeah, how how are you and I guess how how is your team kind of handling everything as as the transition happened, I guess now a few months ago, basically like finding out that the season was postponed and then, and then canceled ultimately. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a bummer. Um, I think all of us knew it was coming that we knew that something would happen. Um, like by the time everything with spring break happened with UT, the first thing that happened though was UT rec sports said that nobody could travel anywhere no teams could travel for the rest of the semester and that was before mm -hmm. usq even moved nationals gotcha. so we were thinking that if nationals were going to happen we wouldn't even be able to go or else texas quidditch wouldn't be a thing anymore because they'd kick us out or whatever yeah um so and then they postponed it and we got a little bit hopeful but then it's kind of like the weeks went on we kind of realized that this isn't really going to happen and so it, it was better that it was kind of like a gradual thing but everyone was super like heartbroken and everything we have we've had a couple like team zoom meetings since and like um definitely tough for uh tate and myself michael and and john um just being seniors and being in the organization for so long we'd, we'd love to just go to nationals one more time because that's you know that's everyone's favorite part so um yeah. but you know other than that uh i think we're all I've, i'm really excited to see how they do next year and i'm definitely going to go to salt lake city to to watch or play awesome yeah yeah i'm i'm sorry for you and for everyone that's that kind of had to go through that i know nationals is just it's just such a great experience and such a great learning experience for every team um almost no matter kind of for how sure. far you you end up going um just getting to play teams from around the country but yeah i Absolutely. think this, this one would have been special too i, I feel like there's a lot of I feel like every year it, the sport continues to grow and like there's more kind of support around like teams and maybe more like media attention and stuff mm -hmm. like as um, kind of former players are yeah. able to, to hype up their alma maters and whatnot. So I, yeah, I was particularly excited for this one because I felt like 
there are a lot of cool kind of story, quote unquote storylines going into it. Um, like yeah, for example, definitely. Like, I was looking forward to that Ace Man article. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like just for example, like following your team, so UT and UTSA kind of battling out in the Southwest uh, this past year was was really mm-hmm. fun, even from afar, just like watching live streams and stuff. Yeah, I yeah, UTSA is in, is incredible, and it's it's always really fun to play against them, and we were looking forward to to doing it doing it again at nationals, hopefully, because right now we're one to one on the season, so it would have been fun to to play again. Are there any specific like people or teams that you've played totally outside your region that like were a particularly memorable experience for you? Mm, that's a good question. Um, Yes. Uh, last year, well, there's been a lot, but last year, um, Kansas definitely stuck out. Um, we played them at Heroes vs. Villains and lost, and mm. I think that was our first loss of that season, and and they were just this powerhouse, and they were so good, and, um, and we played them again at Nationals, and we won, but I just love playing against them. They're, they're such a good team, and it's just really good quidditch whenever we get together, and yeah. Uh, actually, funny story. Here's for villains. We played Kansas, and we just really like vibed with them as people. Like we were just chatting <laughs> with them a lot at the tournament, and like obviously like, they're really cool. Yeah. And so the next day on Sunday, we went to the Santa Monica Pier, and we ran into them, and <laughs> and we played some uh, beach volleyball with them. And it was me, Michael, and Brandon Tabor on a team, and we were just <laughs> all shirtless, like in our jeans. <laughs> just like Top Gun, just like kind of hanging out on the beach. So yeah, I love, I love Kansas. Um, and I guess another one would definitely be Middlebury, like playing you guys. Cause like you guys are like the most historic program. You like started everything. So, and we had never, I don't think Texas had ever played Middlebury before then. So just like the significance of that, even though it was a terrible evening and it was so windy, and it was just horrible quitted conditions. Um, it was, that was a really cool moment as well yeah that that was really fun um so i'll I'll say first off i love my team i think we're constantly getting better i have so much respect for how hard a lot of my teammates Mm -hmm. work and they are really good so i'm not discrediting us at all but um that was definitely a Mm one-sided game but it was also just i never felt like beaten down in that game though because i just felt like i was learning from your team every second that we were on the field (laughs) yeah it was like as soon as the play stopped like your team especially is such like great people um and like totally classy about everything so it's just like we're battling out as hard as we can on the pitch but like um as soon as the whistle blows or the game's over then it's all just like we're basically just friends um and i mean that's kind of what sports is supposed to be and it, that was just kind of a a, a classic moment yeah. of it for me that's def- yeah that's why i love quidditch i mean i was so shocked my first nationals i was just because like i grew up playing basketball in high school and it's just like it's obviously like you got like a close knit thing with your team, but you're not really like messing around and like chatting up with other teams too often. And then like my first <laughs> nationals, like just like me and this like Arizona state kid was talking with my grandma about Quidditch and he was being so nice. And I was like, what is going on? I love this. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely why I love Quidditch and how everyone kind of knows each other and we can battle it out, but still, you know, be extremely nice and kind. After talking to Luke, 
I've thought more about the challenges and the joys of chasing what some might consider unorthodox dreams. Lucas chasing his dreams of acting and continuing to play Quidditch, doing his best to make it all work. He even sacrificed time to act in an independent film while also taking classes and practicing and playing Quidditch at UT. I hope to pursue my own dreams of being a filmmaker and a Quidditch player. It's tough right now while we're all stuck at home or going through various transitions, but now might be a better time than any to, to sit down and just think about your own goals and dreams and to create steps to achieve them. Even if things don't work out exactly as planned, you can keep pursuing these goals in new ways with the same passion. I think now more than ever, in the middle of a pandemic, while the world is suffering and the U.S. is in the midst of continued social struggles, while there's continued hate, fear, discrimination, and violence, really take the time you can talk to the people that you love about the things that you love so that hopefully we can all start to come out of this in a positive direction. Luke talks about how he loves the Quidditch community because of how supportive and kind everyone is to each other while also bringing competition to the pitch. Let's continue doing that and support each other as best we can through these troubling times. Well thank you again Luke for joining me on the podcast and thank you all for listening. If you have a guest in mind or just want to continue the conversation Questioning Quidditch is on Facebook and Instagram, so you can reach out to me there. This is also episode 10 of this podcast, so if you haven't yet, be sure to check out all the other episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Ian Skura, and this is Questioning Quidditch.